Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. And let's uh, get started with our evening. Um, and um, the title of the talk that I put out to the newsletter, I send out a newsletter every week, um, Eve, Eve or I do, uh, with the talk topic and other announcements is, um, am I enough imposter or perfect expression of life? That's what was coming through. So Eve, uh, if you haven't met before, uh, Eve Decker is a co-teacher here uh, at Insight Berkeley. And um, she offers a song when she's not giving the talk, she offers a song uh, on the talk topic. So um, Eve, take it away. Thank you, James. So um, if it's possible to love something in nature, like a tree or a frog, or even children and babies, human children and babies, it's possible to love something as it is without demanding some externally created mind created sense of perfection then it's possible to offer that same unconditional acceptance to ourselves because we are a part of nature just as much as a tree or a frog or a baby is we're part of the fabric of the universe and one of the wonderful things about a sustained mindfulness practice is that becomes more and more evident that we're part of the deal here we're we're intrinsic to this unfolding and that the most skillful way to meet anything that's unfolding here is with clarity and care, including meeting ourselves with clarity and care, just the way we are. No expectation of perfection, just like we don't expect trees to be perfect. So when I saw this for myself, I wrote a song and uh, that's the one I want to bring tonight. And this song is called Simple Truth. The way I see it, there are two choices I can wait for all these voices to tell me I have made it or I can love myself the way I am the way I see it there are two choices try to do it their way or find my own rejoicing music and play been given a responsibility to love myself like I would love a child chaotic wild and turning building bridges bridges burning just as I am to love me self-hatred protects me until the day no one rejects me if i reject myself first your coldness might not hurt as much maybe if i work harder try more do more faster longer the day will come when i feel loved by everyone I've been given a responsibility 
to love myself like I love trees. Okay, when branches crack and fall, no striving, no have-tos at all. The sparkling green that breathes me just as I am loves me. No, I do not have it all together. I never have, and I never will. And I know that you don't have it all together either, because nothing here was made that way. We're all falling. We're all flying, we're all playing, we're all dying. We've been given a responsibility to love ourselves like we love freedom using courage just to see the simple truth of you and me love looks like humble gratitude like Just as we are, 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 just as we are. The way I see it, there are two choices. We can wait for all these voices to tell us we have made it. Or we can love ourselves as we are. Thank you. And I want to share that if you like that song, you can listen to it in its entirety and read the lyrics at my website, evedecker.com. And there's other Dharma songs there for you too. Thanks, Eve. Yeah, and Eve has a number of great Dharma albums. Um, I love that song. <clears throat> Thank you. So, am I enough? Imposter or perfect expression of life? That's it seems the way that the mind can go, the two extremes certainly is true, has been true of my, my practice. Um, you know, once you start this journey, this journey of awakening, um, it means waking up to the whole show to all the places that we've been asleep or we've been lost or we've not wanted to look at or be seen. So if you're on, embarking on this, this path, um, it takes courage to be willing to see it all it takes patience, it takes compassion, it takes love. And it's humbling. Because there you are looking directly at everything inside. You know, people might say, oh, yeah, I, I've heard so many beautiful things about 
about this path and uh, I want to get in touch with all the love and all the compassion and all the wisdom. Do I really have to get in touch with all that gunk too? Let me just get the love. Let me just get the wisdom. But there's no way around it because you're learning to open up to the whole show. That's precisely what you're learning to do. But it's, um, as I said, it's humbling and it's difficult and sometimes it's um, really painful to see everything in there. There's a, a line by uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, this Tibetan master who maybe some of you are familiar with. He, uh, he was a kind of eccentric and wild teacher. And he ran, he started Naropa, which is where I first got in touch with the, the teachings uh, many years ago. This is 1974. And I, although he was kind of a, a, a strange, uh, intense guy, he was also brilliant and he had all of the i still remember one-liners teachings from him 45 years later uh and one one of his lines that uh, has stayed with me is uh, uh the spiritual journey is fraught with dangers and perils and humiliation so one should think carefully before one starts on that journey but once started, it's best to finish. Because otherwise you're in the middle and you're starting to see all this stuff and it's like, oh my God, you're in no man's or no person's land. You see all the stuff and oh, I don't know if I wanna keep on going and how much more is there to see. But once you see it, you can't pretend you haven't seen it. So you might as well just go all the way. Um, and being more awake, uh, it, it involves seeing the confusion, involves seeing the fear and the anger and the littleness and the judgment. Trunkpa, another line from, from Trunkpa, practice at times seems to be one insult after another. So we can start out, at least I sh I'll share in my own uh, experience, uh, start out for most of my life, I was um, afraid of being really seen and discovered. I, I had this uh, recurring image, I write about it in, uh, in my book, Awakening Joy, um, that when I was young, uh, I imagined that before you take birth, you're, you're a soul on a shelf, kind of a limbo, bardo kind of a thing. And there were all of these souls on, on the shelf waiting to be picked to come into a body. I didn't even know about incarnation, reincarnation, but this is just what I imagined, right? And I had this recurring image of this big hand, the like the right hand of God or his or her assistant, it was always a his in, in my mind, coming down and picking the incarnation. And I got picked, but it was supposed to be the guy next to me. So I was the, I was a complete fraud and I would be found and discovered and sent back. This is an ongoing image. So I don't know if this is, if you have your own variation of that, but oh, what if people find out who I really am inside? Have you ever had that, that thought? Oh God, if they could hear what's going on in this mind or really knew what my feelings were, you know, whoa. And Many go through your, their whole lives like that, um, afraid of really being seen. And it is, you know, it's a major block to true intimacy. We, so many people want 
intimacy, but they're afraid of being seen. Uh, and so there's this, you know, this paradox that I want it, but oh my goodness, does that mean people will see who I am to let someone really know you? And the, um, the irony is um, in that we, we often try to be a little bit more than we are. And when we try to be a little bit more than we are, maybe even impress people, it's not very impressive. You can kind of sense when somebody is trying to impress you. And when you're, when you're with those who really know you, suppose a really good friend or your cat or your dog, and you're not trying to be anything other than who you are, and you can relax and let yourself come out, well, that's, that's why your best friend is your best friend, because you can both hopefully just be who you are and, and enjoy and relax. But when you try to be a little bit more than you are, it gets in the way. Why do we try to be a little bit more than we are? Because somehow we don't feel we're enough. There's a line uh, I was remembering as I was putting these thoughts down from a, a Joni Mitchell song. And she says, uh, the times you impress me most are the times when you don't even try. This is Suzuki Roshi who wrote um, Zen My Beginner's Mind. It's actually not him, but it's one of his um, one of his students who wrote the um, introduction to the book. And she says, a Roshi is a person, Roshi is a teacher in Zen tradition, person who has actualized that perfect freedom, which is the potentiality for all human beings. They exist freely in the fullness of their own being, and the flow of their consciousness is not the fixed repetitive patterns of our usual self-centered consciousness, but rather arises spontaneously and naturally from the actual circumstances of the present. The results of this in terms of the quality of their life are extraordinary buoyancy, vigor, straightforwardness, simplicity, humility, security, joyousness, uncanny perspicacity, and unfathomable compassion. Their whole being testifies to what it mean, means to live in the reality of the present without anything said or done. Just the impact of meeting a personality so developed can be enough to change another's whole life. But in the end, it's not the extraordinariness of the teacher that perplexes, intrigues, and deepens the student. It is the teacher's utter ordinariness. And in that ordinariness, they become a mirror for the student, showing they too can just be themselves. So how does this happen that you somehow make the leap from afraid of being seen or somehow hot, covering up in some way to opening up and letting the world see you. I hope you can see that the practice, the meditation practice means seeing clearly the truth of things. And the more you practice and are committed to seeing what's true, you will inevitably be looking at and seeing the places that you would like to avoid. But that is precisely the way to freedom. There's a line I love from Robert Bly, 
uh, it was in this uh, essay from a book, Meeting the Shadow. I was just mentioning this to a friend the other day. Uh, is this collection of essays called Meeting the Shadow, The Hidden Power in the Dark Side of Human Nature. It was a great book that um, actually Jack Cornfield uh, gave it to me many years ago because there I was I didn't want to look at my anger. I didn't want to look at my my smallness, but mostly anger was the thing that scared me most because I was a you know spiritual guy, and anger oh no I I couldn't. I couldn't come to terms with that. So he, he said, you might find this interesting. And it was all about, you know, again, the title, Meeting Your Shadow, the hidden power in the dark side of human nature. And by dark side, it means all those places, the shadow places that if we stuff down, we stuff down our vitality and when we're willing to open up to it and see, oh, yes, this is all part of being human, we can transform all of those painful places and they become, um, they become the very thing, what Trungpa used to call it, manure for Bodhi, manure for enlightenment all the yuck and shit inside, that's really fertilizer for your awakening. So getting back to this line by Robert Bly that was in that book um, that I love, that I've shared many, many times. He says, every part of our personality that we do not learn to accept will become hostile to us. Every part of our personality that we do not learn to accept and love will become hostile to us. Yeah, it's actually love as I see it. Every part of our personality that we do not learn to love will become hostile to us. If you're afraid to see your anger you just become angry when you see it or become sad at your sadness. It becomes the demon, the very thing that you put a lot of energy and investment into avoiding. It's got you. Then there's this dance. Oh, I've got to, I got to work hard to keep this anger down or keep this loneliness down or this fear or this sadness, it takes a lot of energy to keep all of that down. And the beautiful thing is that when we start to see, oh yes, this is here too. Not only is it here, but it's part of being human. There's the, there's the great leap, not, oh, look at my anger, look at my fear, but rather, oh, this is just part of being human. As the Buddha said in a teaching I love, he says, in this fathom long body, the whole of life is revealed. The suffering, the cause of suffering, the end of suffering and the path leading to the end of suffering. It's all here in this body and mind. This is your laboratory that life has given you to discover the human experience. And the more you can see, oh, this is how I get to wake up and understand what we're all going through. How else can you have compassion for somebody else's confusion or ignorance or anger? If you're sitting over here saying, you know, Oh gosh, how awful. Gosh, they're so, they're such an angry person and you're afraid to look at your own anger, then there's that separation. But if you see, oh yes, I know what rage is like. I know what fear is like. The more you make friends with it, the more you're able to be with it in somebody else and not 
feel that separation. Somebody wrote, uh, we had an email exchange this last week, and they were seeing the anger inside of them. And it was very, um, it was very painful and shocking. And, uh, and they saw all of these habits that they carried and, and they, this is somebody that I've known for some time, a beautiful human being that I've, that I've supported, who's gone through lots of trauma in, in their life. And I, this is what I wrote back, <clears throat> along with sharing that line from Robert Bly. If we stuff our anger, it just comes out in other ways. And if we just keep expressing it without befriending it, we keep creating a mess for ourselves or others around us. But if we see it as a natural human experience, understand that it's simply trying to protect us from outside danger or from feeling the pain or hurt or fear inside, we can begin to appreciate it. In time, we can even begin to metabolize it and transform it into compassion for ourselves and everyone around us. I think that's the journey you're on. So although it's humbling, you're on your way to learning to love it all for yourself and for the benefit of all. This takes lots of patience, lots of self-compassion, lots of non-identification and a commitment to waking up. That will help transform your suffering into a deep and wise compassion and love. And this is true not only of people who are still processing a lot of their pain, but even people who've been on the path for a long time, who have real uh, depth of wisdom, but can still get caught. It's just a moment away getting caught in your ideas or your beliefs. And there were two people in the last week or two that this really um, drove home the way that um, mm, teachers can get caught and, um, and how in a moment it can change. I was speaking to one, one person who um, was sharing that they're at this point in their life where they don't have as much energy to do all the things that they thought they would do in their in their life and they have to pick and choose between what they want to put their time and energy into and they were saying the 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 frustrating part for them is that they feel unfinished that they won't accomplish what they thought they should accomplish. All of these things I wanted to do. And as we talked about it, and it was, she said that it was, it was gnawing, it was gnawing at them. Um, and it just struck me. It's, it's so much easier when you're not in the middle, when it's not your head that's, that's spinning your wheels, but you're hearing somebody else. It's a whole lot easier. And I, will attest that for myself too. That's why every now and then I say, hey, can I get a little take on this? Uh, anyway, that word unfinished kept on uh, popping. Uh, it popped up like two or three times and it was so uh, striking. I said, hey, what if you just let go of that word unfinished and you see that they had a good life and they are enjoying their very fortunate life. What if you drop the word unfinished and just see that everything in your life has led you up to this moment and that it's been perfect. As Ramdas says, this is your curriculum. 
and you had the perfect curriculum to bring you up to this moment. Why carry around unfinished with you as a burden? If only, what if you just let it go? And it was the, the, the light went on and they saw, oh, that's just extra. I don't need to do that. I don't need to carry that around. It was, it was really, um, it was lovely. It's like, oh, it was, there was light all around. So that was one story. And then even a, a, a more uh, profound and beautiful story was uh, visiting a friend of ours um, who's a, a, a teacher. Maybe some of you have heard his name, uh, Terry Patton who's a really brilliant mind. He co-wrote books with um, uh, Ken Wilbur, and he has his own consciousness school and uh, a really amazing teacher. And he was diagnosed um, in April on his birthday, on his 70th birthday, he was diagnosed with major aggressive kind of cancer. And he was told, this does not look good. And he said, how much, how long might it be? And the doctor said, uh, maybe a few months. Mm. And, uh, oh, make sure you're on mute. Hold on a second. Um, and he, um, he went through a, um, major 24 hours of deep sadness and grief and just letting it all go of, you know, can you imagine getting, getting that diagnosis? And we visited him about 10 days ago, um, and he is actually right now, um, he's, he's near the end, just in the last, last few days. But then he said to Jane and me, we were visiting him, and he said, but you know what happened? The next day, oh, he said, the real sadness was, it was very much like my other friend, he said, the real sadness was, I felt like I failed in doing all I could to save the planet because he's written books, consciousness books, and he's been very committed to climate uh, action and change. We share that in common. And he said, I, I didn't do all I could. And he carried that for quite some time. He'd been carrying it just, oh, will I get to do everything I meant to? And after 24 hours, of coming to terms with, oh, this could be the end. He said the next day he realized he didn't have to carry that around. He's been doing a lot of practice for a long time. He said he realized he didn't have to carry that, that belief. He said, oh, I've done what I was meant to do. I've done what I could and I don't have to feel like I failed. And he said, as he was saying this, we were getting a transmission. He said, I felt like a great burden was lifted. I felt lighter than I have in a long time. Because he'd been carrying around the weight of the world. And he wrote a brilliant book, The New Republic, A New Republic of the Heart, about the change of consciousness that, that's needed. And he said, I just felt like this whole weight lifted. It's not my job to save the world. It's my job to do what I can. And he said, I know it sounds strange, but I've never been happier. And when we were with him, there was a real transmission. And even uh, we saw a, a, a little... Uh, clip and some pictures a couple of days ago where um, he he asked the, 
his friends, a couple of friends that were there, he said, he could barely stand up, but he said, let's dance. And there's a couple of pictures of him doing some movement. Let's dance. It was so beautiful. And just a moment, that thought of failing turned into, ah, I've led the perfect life for me, my curriculum. As the Buddha says, we are what we think with our thoughts, we make the world. And as long as we're having thoughts of me, I, me, mine, I'm not good enough. All those, those thoughts of not being good enough are about me and I. And to be willing to see everything in there and to not identify with it, you don't have to get rid of anything. Just hold it in a different way where it's just life flowing through you, your body having following its own laws. That's what the Buddha said. He said, do you control this body? Can you say, stop hurting when it hurts? Do you control this mind and say, stop having annoying thoughts? No, you can't. You can, though, see them for what they are, just a natural unfolding, just life moving through you. And when you don't identify with it, there's a sense of ease and freedom. So to really, as Eve said, sang so beautifully in that song, to love myself just as I am, And I'll say that that has been for me from that imposter who couldn't look in the mirror for most of my younger days, really, right through my teens to my early 20s until I started growing long hair and I was in the 60s and it was like, oh, other people, I could flash a peace sign and not feel so alone, okay. But I cringed looking in the mirror for most of my early days. I'm here to say that it's really possible to say, you know, you're okay. And as soon as you start seeing that, there's a whole different way that you relate to all your foibles, all your confusion. Oh, oh just confused Buddha, that's all. Oh, just scared Buddha, that's all. But it doesn't have to define who you are is a line from uh, Suzuki Roshi. This is the, the paradox of accepting yourself just as you are and knowing that you're on a, a journey of awakening, that there's still more to do. Suzuki Roshi says, each of you is perfect just the way you are. And you could use a little improvement too. There's the, there's the dance. Yeah, I don't want to be complacent and say, okay, this is who I am and I'll just kind of rest on my, my laurels. Um, no, you're perfect just the way you are and there's more unfolding and purification that can happen as you see through the patterns that you've cultivated and practiced and, and gotten lost in. But every time you see it, that is a step towards your freedom, as Pema Chodron says, a line that I, I often quote. She says, take delight in the awareness that can see the dukkha, that can see the suffering. Take delight in the awareness that can see it. You don't have to delight in your fear or your, your judgment or your pettiness, but you can take delight, oh, I'm seeing it. Ah, I see you, Mara, as the Buddha said, I see you. And then you can see who you are beyond those 
small habits. This is from Nyosho Kempo, great Tibetan master. He says, Buddha nature, the essence of awakened enlightenment itself is present in everyone. Its essence is forever pure and flawless. Those who recognize their true nature are enlightened. Those who ignore it or overlook it are deluded. There's no way to enlightenment other than by recognizing this Buddha nature and authentically identifying it within one's own stream of being. So we're on this path, this journey of seeing beyond our imposter phenomenon or syndrome or smallness to see who you really are. You are a perfect expression of life. How could it be any other way? And when you see that more and more, you are, it's a humbling process because you're also, you're seeing what you've been carrying around and you're seeing both sides. So I want to read this passage. This was the 50th anniversary of Be Here Now. There was just a beautiful celebration that uh, I, um, I tuned into online. Be Here Now, the book that changed my life and many people's. Here's Be Here Now. You probably are familiar with it. And this is what he says about this process. He says, what is happening to you is nothing less than death and rebirth. What is dying is the entire way in which you understood who you are and how it all is. What is being reborn is the child of the spirit for whom all things are new. This process of attending an ego that is dying at the same time as you're going through a birth process is awesome. Be gentle and honor that which is dying as well as that which is being born. So this is this journey of awakening. And I'll just close with one, one more thing that I want to play for you. And this is Ramdas from an album called um, East, uh, East Forest and Ramdas. And this is Ramdas's practice, which I highly recommend to see through who you are. His main practice is remembering I am loving awareness. That's who you really are. I am loving awareness, not the, the anger or the fear or the pettiness and all, just knowing I am loving awareness. So I'll just play the first couple of minutes of this cut with music by uh, a brilliant musician named East Forest uh, in the background. And this is Ramdas.
just repeat that to yourself for a few moments if it can if it resonates that's who you are Just consciousness taking form through this body and mind called you. A perfect expression of life that's never been here before. You are loving awareness. We don't have time for any questions. If there is something on someone's mind, we can, um, you can unmute yourself if you'd like and make a comment or briefly. So Tom is raising his hand. What, who is it? Tom. Ah, Tom. Okay, I didn't see you. Hi, Tom. Hi. I, I really love this whole thing. I mean, unfortunately, I got there late to it, but I I don't know if you actually went over Carl uh, Brock's uh, um, uh, statement of the same thing about being it's hard hard to hear you tom i heard just heard tara brock and um uh, um that's better yeah tara brock has a, a really wonderful one um about the um um really the same the same subject actually just in a expressed in a different way about um the um uh, uh, and uh, with without anxiety without anxiety uh, mm -hmm. of a non-perfection that's the third zen patriarch to live in the highest realization is yeah. to be without anxiety about non-perfection one of my favorite lines of all yeah, yeah. same here really <laughs> great yeah. thank you any other comment it's just uh well well sorry i took so much time uh but that was what was coming out and uh eve what what did you share a dedication Great. So this this song is a wish that the good energy that we've generated tonight be for the benefit of all beings everywhere and that all beings everywhere experience the causes of well-being, which are compassion and wisdom.
share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness luminous and bright if people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in giving unity may our minds awake to great compassion wisdom and joy may kindness find reward may all who sorrow leave our grief and pain may this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night because our hearts are one this world of pain turns into paradise may all become compassionate and wise may all become May our coming here together help us awaken to our true nature and share it with everyone in our lives and ripple out and to be of benefit to all and this planet. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.